Welcome to 15 to Life, the podcast that talks about life after life in prison. Come with us on a journey and explore stories from within the prison walls to outside the prison walls. All of these podcasts are dedicated to the victims of crime. Hey everyone, what's up and what's going on? This is Tito, your host of the podcast 15 to Life, the podcast that talks about life after having a life sentence in prison. So I had a buddy of mine, someone who was actually incarcerated with me, bring up the topic of talking about how ex-cons can integrate into society and more importantly into like the corporate world, right? How can they get there and actually make the transition and for some odd reason I, I just happened to be thinking about it and I said you know what let me let me throw my thoughts my words out real quick and record them and more importantly to to get some feedback from you guys but here's the thing I was thinking about it and you know I'm in I'm in the corporate world right now and I've been even told a few times, like, I'll probably never really make it to an executive level uh, due to some things that that probably are part of the, the quote-unquote prison background. But the reality is it's just me, and it's funny. I, I, I could do a whole two-hour talk on um, why I think some people make it over to those levels and why other people don't and why a lot of times those roles should be reversed, the people that do make it shouldn't make it um but we'll get into that later what i want to talk about right now is what are these these skill sets and these traits that individuals that have been incarcerated actually have that absolutely help when you're in that corporate environment and you hear it all the time matter of fact there's a show the the shark tank right where it's like all these very well-off people that have been successful in business go in and basically judge and critique other people's businesses right well, here's the thing. Um, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the corporate world. And whether you live it, whether you're at some level involved in it, or whether you've just seen a lot of this stuff on TV or in the movies, I'm sure you'll be able to relate to some extent. So let, let, me, let me give you the talk that I've given to countless individuals coming out of prison, coming out of homelessness, coming out of addiction. And, they, and I always hear the same thing. Man, I don't have any skills. Man, I don't know how to do that. And it's always what they can't do, right? But let's look at what they were able to do. And for some of them, for extended periods of time, and they got by. So the first thing I'll tell someone, and, and I'm going to refer, you know, this is about more about prison than anything. So that setting, <clears throat> I'll tell people. All right, look, check it out, man. What, how much time did you do? And, you know, the, I did five years. I did 10 years. I did 30 years, whatever it may be. And I go, okay, cool. So when you were locked up, you probably ran out of toilet paper at some point in time. Oh, hell yeah. You know, they'll go into the, of course I did. Everyone does. Like, exactly, right? Um, so how'd you go about getting more toilet paper? Oh, man, I'd go up and ask a guard. And I'm like, okay, how did you ask them? Because a uh, little secret, guys, like if you go up and you're a dick to that guard, odds are you're getting dick. You ain't getting nothing from them. And you're going to have to go beg someone else and they're going to tell you, give me a soup or something. You know, I'll sell you some toilet paper. So what most of us did, you'd walk them and go, hey, excuse me, officer so-and-so. 
you know, um, how are you doing today? Cool. Hey, man, um, kind of in a bind. I know we aren't supposed to get any until next Wednesday or whatever, but I really need to roll a toilet paper. I'd appreciate it. Man, I'll, matter of fact, just set it down. I'll grab it. Uh, no one will even know. Like, you're going to talk your way into some toilet paper because you need it, right? But the way you communicate switches. Then you got something else, right? When, when you, especially California prison, I know other prisons, other states are, are set up differently, but you're segregated, right? So you're not, a white guy isn't going to be housed with a black guy, you know, uh, you get it. Like, there is no mixing of the races. The only time you'll see mixed races in the same cell or in the same, on the same bunk is if there's a gang affiliation and for whatever reason that person is, is okay to be with that other person. So needless to say... I'll ask this question, you know, hey, man, when you walk the yard, you know, did you get beat up every day? Like, hell no, they get all defensive. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. So you know how to maintain boundaries, right? You know how to give everyone their three feet. You know where not to go because that isn't your area. You know, like that stuff's ingrained in you of the politics of the yard and everything. Hell yeah. Okay, cool. So Right there, those two little examples, sounds like you got communication skills. Now, here's the thing, much like the old saying, you know, you you can take a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. It's the same. Like, these guys getting out of prison, these gals getting out of prison, they have those skills. The problem is they allow all the, the noise around them to dictate what they're supposed to do. And then the whole thing is, is no one believes in them, so they start to believe that that negative image is just what and who they will always be. So first point, you getting out or you're coming off a bad situation, don't let all that stuff in the past dictate what you do moving forward. But I will tell you, utilize the skills you had to, like if you were homeless, I'm sure you had to use a bathroom one time, maybe even to go in and take a bird bath, you know, use the sink to, to clean yourself up. And they might have said customers only. And you talk your way into getting into that bathroom. Maybe even offer a barter exchange of I'll I'll sweep your parking lot or something like that. Let me use the bathroom every day. Why wouldn't you continue to do that in your professional career, right? So skill sets are definitely there. Um, Guys hustle. And and, and I always use hustling as 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 a skill set. I don't care if you sold dope. I don't care if you did whatever you did. You went to prison and you had to wash people's clothes to make money or you iron people's clothes. Or maybe you saved up a little money and bought some some snacks or as they like to call them, zoom zooms and wham whams. And and you would do a run a store, right? You charge 1.5% on everything or 150% on everything. And, you know, when people go to store, they got two items from you. You know, they're, they're getting you three back, whatever. So... That hustling mentality, I would always tell people, like, use that in in the business sense. Explain to someone how you're going to sell their product because, hands down, you can do that. And then, mind you, I'm flipping it up to the corporate level now, right? Know how to sell an idea or a decision. Know how to sell yourself. Now, I'm not saying being fictitious and lying and making up stories and trying to look better than you are. But why wouldn't you use those skills uh for good right especially the good of you and your family now here's something else that i I was really thinking about um so in prison like when something's about to go down a lot of times people already know about it 
right? So the Norteños are about to take one of their own off the yard, and they're going to do it over by education, and it's going to be at the 11 o'clock unlock. And so they'll tell everyone that. Well, not necessarily everyone, but they tell the right people, right? And those people will let their people know, hey, if you're in education at 11, don't take a break. Like, don't go out. Or if you go out, make sure you're not around so-and-so. And they do it in the sense that you can't make it obvious. And if you go tell the individual, well, guess what? Now you're on the hit list, too. So it's a lot of things. But think about it. I know you're probably going, ooh, I want to hear about that story. And that actually was a literal story. <laughs> That's something that happened. I will tell that story later. But think about it when you're in the corporate office and there's the confida- uh, confidentiality clauses and you might be in a position where you know someone's going to get terminated you know someone's about to get laid off whatever it may be and you can't say anything well guess what you already have that skill set because you couldn't say nothing on the yard for fear of being the next victim right <clears throat> so people who are incarcerated have a lot of I hate to say it, skills that revolve around integrity because they had to. They had to live by that stuff. They have communication skills because if you didn't communicate right, and and I'm sure everyone knows the thing with communication, right? So the the rule is a 738-55% rule. And for those of you who don't know, when you communicate, they say basically 7% of the message you're trying to convey comes across out of the words that you choose. Then a whopping 38% is the tone, like the way you're saying it. Are you being loud? Are you being quiet? Whatever that may be. And then the biggest thing that sells what you're communicating is actually your body language at 55%. So think about that. I mean, these guys who were incarcerated have to be very tactful with the way they communicate because anything can set that other person off. And I will tell you right now, body language in prison is a huge thing. You're watching people's body language, not to mention you're watching hands and everything else because if someone starts reaching in their pants or something, you don't know what they're about to do. So there's so many intricate things, but those things really play out in the corporate world. I mean, how beneficial, if you're a corporate person and have never been through any of these other situations, these questions are really for you. How critical would it have been early in your career, maybe even right now, if you could have read people better? Whether it's in an interview, whether it's when you're about to do a merger or a big business decision, how critical would that skill set be to you? And really be able to look at that. And mind you, we were doing this and we weren't reading about the percentages and and some people were don't get me wrong but um, a lot of us we it was just a survival tactic you know and you were really mindful because you didn't want to get slapped in the face and have someone ready to fight you if you didn't just accept that and we call that being checked you do something stupid someone might hit you might slap you might you know put you on some kind of restriction and they check you so you don't do it again and you can always fight but if you fight and you were wrong on both ends, well, hey, that's that's a whole other story. But anyway, so these are some valuable skill sets. The other, <clears throat> excuse me. The other thing that you get from from prison, especially long term, is your program. 
So programming revolves around having a set program every day, a schedule every day. So for a lot of guys, it was they would go to work or school, you know, the breakfast, you get your bag lunch, and, and then you go to chow for dinner. You might have a dinner or a lunch or a meal that you make yourself, you know, but then you have your work or school, your meal rotation. You, you probably have exercise, maybe some sports. Maybe you're one of those people who plays cards or chess or Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, that is really big in prison, all the above. Um, but you have a set program. So how important is that when, when we talk about time management and, and we talk about people in the business world and, and you know, there's some people that are successful and could be so much more successful, but they bitch and complain about, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. You know, so you do, you just make choices and then you want those choices to be justified by saying, I don't have enough time. Me, myself, I, I love throwing myself on the knife, right? So me, myself, I, I don't, I don't have a lot of people that I just go out and hang out with. So I'll go online and I play video games and I love military stuff. So I play Call of Duty and Siege and stuff like that. But I'll get on a lot of times when some of my buddies are on. And so one, I'm letting off some steam playing the game. And two, I'm talking with my buddies. So it's kind of cool to catch up and everything, right? Um, but the other thing is, is I disconnect with that, which is a whole nother story. I'll get into, you know, distractions, but also meditation and getting away from things to kind of clear your mind. But but my point is, um, we have a lot of these skills and they all came from where? From prison. Um, and some people have them like innately. They're, they're, they're just already in them. But there's so many things that you have to learn quickly. You don't. You don't have a learning curve in prison. Like you learn or you possibly get into shit. So this stuff, when it comes to a corporate world, being very on point with scheduling and everything and not missing things. Mind you, the, uh, I'll give you an example. When we're talking time management and everything, um, breakfast. You know, if you went early chow, you went basically around 6 in the morning. If you went regular chow, it was right around 6.30. If you miss that, you not only miss breakfast. You don't get your bagged lunch. So you have, in effect, missed two meals. Best believe people aren't missing those unless they just have so much food stacked up they don't care. But dinner, once again, you know, count clear somewhere around 6 o'clock, 5.45, 6. As soon as you know count cleared, boom, you're getting ready to go to chow. Once again, you miss it. There isn't any, uh, I'll go later. You go with the building. Um, You miss... The time, the unlock to get to your work program or your school, you get dinged for that day and you could potentially get written up and start losing time and losing privileges. So you have to become good at maintaining a schedule, not being late, right? So are those not valuable skills? I mean, how many times do you go, oh, here comes Tito, late to another meeting? Yeah, well, for the most part, someone who was in prison and still has that ingrained in their head, they're they're not late. They're early. And they've already eaten and gone to the bathroom and everything else they got to do because that's what they know. That's what they learned works, right? <clears throat> also, um, things like knowing where all your stuff is at. Mind you, at any given time when you're incarcerated, anything could happen. Something could jump off, whatever it may be, and you know where everything's at. That's valuable in the corporate world, too. I'm a very eclectic person. My my desk looks a mess, 
but I can pretty much tell you where everything is. And if you touch anything, I totally know you touched it because it's just how my brain's wired now. So another valuable skill set that a lot of people in regular corporate society just might not have, right? The other thing is remembering things in and speaking your mind. Now, don't get me wrong. I will say me speaking freely a lot of times Sometimes I, I feel like it goes against me because of my past and people just look at me as like he's being aggressive or whatever. And it kind of hurts. Um, but I definitely think people call it up as, as an attribute because they know I'm going to be forthright with them, right? I'm, I'm, I'm going to just say what's on my mind, whether I agree, disagree, whatever it may be, I'm going to say it and we can talk about it. It's never about... I'm always right. Most definitely not. But I'm very big on the more eyes, the more brains you have on something, the better the end result's going to be. And a lot of times I'll put my comments out just because I want to get everyone else to chime in too. Um, so let's talk about some other things, right? Manners, etiquette, all of that. A lot of people have this con- this misconception that someone coming out of incarceration they're like ghetto or their hood or they're going to be every other word's going to be a swear word and all this junk, which is furthest from the truth. And especially someone who's been down a while, they're, they're, they're probably at a point in their life where they're really trying to streamline the way they communicate, the way they act, their mannerism so that no one takes them as being threatening, especially guys with a lot of tattoos. It might be kind of big, you know, the, the prison buff or swole, you know. So, but, but these guys definitely have that attribute of being able to sit there and listen. Another reason why is because in prison, we really listen a lot because we want to know what the other person's uh, real objectives and motives are. And that's a skill set that you don't see a lot in the corporate world. People always just want to talk about their opinion and what they want to do. So uh, having a, a good listening skill is, is always beneficial, right? So I do want to switch gears now and kind of talk a little bit about what it means to be in corporate society um, with that check on your on your record, right? So someone like me, uh, I'll be in meetings with executives and we'll be talking about backgrounds and everything else. And, you know, it's hard because I'm the guy speaking really from the heart, not always purely focused on the business objectives. But I'll say, man, you know, some of these rules might mean that I wouldn't have got hired when I got out. So I do want to advocate against it. At the same time, I understand where they come from. But for me, it's looking at it as, as a society with so many people incarcerated. When they get out, if, they, if we don't give them opportunities, they're just going to end up going back. And they might end up doing something that not only hurts them, themselves, but someone else and maybe one of the people that we care and love about, which nobody wants that. So I'm very big on second chances and hey maybe one day I'll, I'll hit the lotto and and i'll just start a business where i just hire people <laughs> without any regard to what their past was but um we also have to have to remember as as ex-cons ex-felons walking around in the corporate world that that chip is on our shoulder and what we do and say is a reflection on those who will come after us and those who are walking the line with us so that's something else that, that kind of rains out. Also, on and off the field, right? 
So don't try to put on an act like you did for that guard when you wanted that toilet paper. And then when you get off the clock, you're doing all kinds of stupid stuff and you're putting it on Facebook, Instagram and everywhere else where anyone can go and see it. I don't care if your profile's uh, uh, private or whatever. Someone's going to get a hold of that stuff. And eventually it comes up and bites you in the butt because what it shows is that you don't have integrity. Your character isn't there because... What you're doing when no one's looking is not what you do when they are looking. So be mindful of that, you guys. Um, we have to keep pushing, pushing, pushing twice as hard as the other guys because of that check we got on in that box. But it doesn't mean that stuff isn't attainable. You know what I mean? Um, we can keep pushing. And you have to focus on constant improvement. It's just like... When you're in prison and you're working out all the time because you want to be physically fit just in case. A lot of people think people work out a lot in prison just, you know, because there's nothing else to do. No, it's actually a, a one. Some people do it because it all the endorphins and everything else that kick out. It, it makes them feel good to get some pumped up. A lot of people do it because they don't want to be the fat guy out of breath when a riot jumps off and you can't get out the way or you can't defend yourself. So. And then we make fun of the cops because the guards, they're walking around 300 pounds with a lunch bag that has to have wheels on it because they can't. it's too heavy for them to carry. And we look at them saying, man, if I'm getting stabbed over here, you will never make it to save me. I'm just going to die. And we joke about it, but it's a reality. Like, you know, there's some gung-ho guards in there. I, I'm not saying they're all fat and lazy, but unfortunately, there's a lot of fat and lazy ones. Um, but anyway... Getting back to the topic at hand, there are just so many different things that, that I can talk about. And I, like I said, I'm trying to keep all these podcasts to about 20, 30 minutes at the most. So I want to wrap this up. But I, I would love to hear questions and comments. And also, uh, I will be doing some more of these talks, kind of talking about some of the jobs I had in there and other jobs that are available in there and how those can actually get you ready you know, for the next thing. And I will talk about one real quick. I was a captain's clerk for a few years in there, which meant I typed up all the officers' reports and disciplinary actions and everything like that. Worked in an office, had a desk, had a computer and everything, a word processor, right? Um, maintained a lot of filing and made copies and and, and all, all kinds of different things, right? Um, at least the, the things I was supposed to do. There was a ton of things I did in there that I wasn't supposed to do. But that kind of environment, like I said, I'll do more talks on that separately. But that kind of environment does get you ready for a regular job and an office job at that. Because you are literally typing all day. I mean, I went into prison probably typing about 35, 45 words a minute. I left, uh, I would say, in my heyday doing 90 words a minute with no mistakes. I used to have contests with my celly to see who could type faster. Shout out to Mr. John Sales. But, um, yeah, there's so many things that get you prepped for work. But the problem is, is the employers out here, they they don't look at it that way. And since they can't see you or talk to a a former supervisor, it makes it hard. But anyway, a lot of skills that we do learn inside that definitely benefit us on the outside, even in corporate level positions. And I can't stress that enough. I'm hoping some corporate people are listening and maybe will drop me a line or shoot me an email. We can talk more about it. 
Um, anyway, this is Tito signing off. Hope you all have a great week. And please like, subscribe. Uh, we're officially on iTunes and Google Play now on Stitcher as well. Hit us up on your favorite um, out uh, sources for podcasts. And if there's any that we're not on that you would like to see us on, let us know. See ya. This is Tito.